0: Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried War Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe, and I'm John. And on this episode, we're coming to you with a, a bit of a topical, release um a little late as we always are because you fashionably know fashionably even yeah fashionably late we showed up 15 minutes late with starbucks it's okay um so you showed up with starbucks i showed up with a 12 pack we are not the same <laughs> i mean to be honest <laughs> i don't even have starbucks much anymore uh, there's a local coffee place around here well i guess it's kind of like a chain but it's in the area called
1: big bees that like just way better than starbucks for me oh my god i I'm a Dunkin man myself. I don't I don't do that Starbucks stuff. I'll just do Dunkin donuts like a god-fearing American. <laughs> Dunkin is good, but like if I have the
0: choice between Dunkin or Big Bee's, it's not even close. Big Bee's every time. I mean, yeah, 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 I've had Big Bee's. It's it's good. Them nitro cold brews? Mmm. Them nitro cold brews though. <laughs> God, sweet cream foam, so delicious. Anyway, this is not a coffee podcast. Could be though. Uh Your lady friend would be much more into it if it was a coffee podcast. That is very true. (laughs) I bet coffee podcasts are very energetic. Anyway, this episode, uh, we wanted to talk about something that the community has been absolutely running into the dirt. um, And has a lot of people rather fired up. And I get it. I don't think they're necessarily wrong. But we wanted to come in and... Try to think it through and bring a measured response to folks, uh, and talk about it ourselves. And that's going to be about the idea of Warhammer seasons. Uh, it's something that GW just revealed a week or two ago. Um, stuff's blending together. January's been busy. Time is ethereal. I know. We don't know what's it's all fun. made up. But very recently, uh, it is something that they revealed as a plan to support 40k in an ongoing way, and. Uh, A lot of people are real mad about it, and much of that is for good reason. It's worth being concerned about. Um, And we're going to warn you off the top. uh, As we get into this, uh, probably around the middle, we're going to get a little more stern on some of our thoughts on this thing, uh, because it's got some challenges. But stay with us. Towards the end, we're going to give some uh, ideas on how we can improve it, because I think the the core idea of what they're trying to accomplish is a good and worthwhile one to drive towards. Just, you know, the details of how you do it matter. But first, hobby time and games played. All right, John, what have you been up to for the past uh, week, week or two?
1: I say well, knowing this is going to be a doozy. Well, I have almost entirely printed a proxied Beast of Chaos army. Because oh, I do there. not like most of their sculpts. And most of their sculpts are old and overpriced for what they are. Mm-hmm. And so it has stopped me from building this army. I do not ever plan on playing this with anything besides my buds. Because it is like... A beast of Chaos are not good, have never been good I doubt they'll be ever be super good So I won't take them to a tournament Also, I don't go to tournaments, so like, meh I will in the future uh, Shout out to anyone who does play tournaments I'm interested in learning more about it, let me know Yeah, uh, but, we actually might have an episode Where like two casuals go to their first tournament <laughs> Yeah Just see what that's um, like But I've just been printing Beast of Chaos. I've almost printed all of it. It has been a learning experience. It's part of why I was doing it, because I got the new printer. And I think the easiest way to learn that is by just doing something until it hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have learned everything wrong with my printer. I have learned all of the little bits and bobs. I have learned how to use slicing software and watched hours of videos and have been playing around with this thing. And I have gotten pretty good at it. And I I have finished... Printing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got through the end of like going through like two bottles of resin and got, went, oh man, I really like this thing. Like I really like doing this. and It's, it's going to be implemented into a lot of my hobbying. Um, but in between the, the printer going burr, I've been buying, not buying, uh, building the stuff I've been printing, because not all of it prints as one solid piece. Yeah. And then painting a lot of it. I've been working on Bulgore specifically, trying to do like a blending of browns and stuff and then touching up with some metals and mm-hmm. other things. But I'm going to need to go find a ton of AK Interactive streaky grime for this and get some more of that rust streaking grime for my other thing. that I'm going to be my other project once I'm done with this. Yeah, man. Because I... I made a mistake,
0: Joseph. <laughs> have you? Have you? Do you now know too much? Have you looked into I, the ethereal void, seen infinitesimal possibilities with this machine that makes models
1: out of goo, and now can't stop? Yeah. Now I look at every like rules release and go, and book release and go. You know, I don't have to spend a couple hundred dollars on that army. I could just like I don't know, print it. <laughs> you know, for it thirty bucks time. and some time, I could make that. <laughs> Yeah, like if I have only have the intention of like building and painting it because it's cool and like playing a couple of games with it, that's worth my time. Uh, yeah. I could, I could build a GNC there called Army. I could, I could, I could do that. Just have a good time with it. Yeah, I think that's it, one of
0: the most wonderful things about the three D printer is it's just possibility distilled into physical form. <laughs> I mean, you could. It, it, it sky's the
1: limit. It's just creativity. It also allows you to make more interesting armies. Like, So something I'm doing with the Beast of Chaos is that they're not all goat dudes. Don't get me wrong, I love goat dudes. But like mm-hmm. I'm using different animals for different things. Well, I mean, they talk about in the fluff how they all of these Beasts of Chaos
0: look very different depending on where they're from. Yeah, you know, If you're from a mountainous region, yeah, sure, maybe you fused with goats. But what if you're from the tropics? Did you maybe fuse with an iguana? Or a panther? Jaguar? Well, I guess jaguars. Panthers. A
1: bunch similar. of toucans. Hey, Ooh, yeah. toucan bin! Yeah, toucan sangors! Ay-oh! I love it. I love it. All uh, right, but what about you, Joe? I know you've been pounding away at
0: something. I've been pounding away at everything, John. Everything. Are you a top-notch pounder? Apparently. Um Like, quarterback on prom night, I have been over here first working on painting the last bits of my Crusade Force, which I ended up posting on uh, Instagram for people who are interested. And I think it might be my favorite paint job I've done to date. Uh, And for a speed paint job, holy cow, it looks good. Um, But I've been working on that Crusade Force of Orcs for a while, and I finally just needed to kind of like shift it up into sixth and put in the final stretch of work. Uh, so I pulled it off, and I even played all three of my Crusade games with that army. And I will say, John, putting all painted models down on the table together with a unified color scheme? Ooh, that was a good feeling. Yeah, and you're never gonna paint a Horde army ever again in your life. No, no, I'm doing it now. I, this is my penance. (laughs) I'm doing my time in Azkaban. Uh, you're not gonna be...
1: Continuing the Gloom Spike gets you're gonna...
0: yeah. Uh, the Gloom Spike might get sold on, and someone's gonna get a hell of a deal because I already painted up 80 goblins. Uh, so they're gonna have a blast <laughs> not having to paint those 80 goblins themselves. You're welcome, whoever ends up with them. Um, yeah, so everybody, like, I played against one of my opponents who had six models on the table, and then I roll up with 27 at 25 power level. And that was the reality check of, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm playing orcs. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, but crusade-wise, it was actually a hell of a day. We had a lot of fun, um, and orcs swept the day. Holy cow. Uh, that beast boss on Squigasaur, uh, Warboss Art Ripper, he
1: he he wrecks. He ripped hearts. He ripped many hearts. Uh, in well, eight, the, um, the trick to the trick to beating Joe and Warhammer is not what army he's playing; it's what colors he's playing. Mm-hmm. So if he if his army's green, he's gonna win. If you if you make him play an army that isn't green, Joe loses. That's true. That's true. I won't make it. But if I play
0: green, it's a power color. GG. <laughs> GG. Uh, yeah. First game was against Tyranids, and uh, they made their like. I moved up midboard turn one. The Orcs sort of ran forward. And uh, then the bugs charged me, and I got to fight first, because my war boss had a trait that did that. And he just one-shotted a effects, Just beheaded it. One blow. Oof. And that pretty much set the tone for the game. <laughs> As the green tide then rolled over everything else. Uh, game two against Sisters of Battle. Uh, the Sisters of Battle kind of moved up mid-board turn one. And it was the only time the orcs did anybody. And then the orcs just sort of like wawed and charged at them and ripped them out of their rhinos and stomped them into the dirt. And uh, they actually did succeed in killing my war boss. They decided to like say to hell with it and just get a moral victory and shoot everything at the war boss and charge him. And um, it took three melta guns, a veritable army of bolters, uh, a charge phase and a dead unit of their most killy melee thing. Uh, but they did finally bring the war boss down. It was incredible.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> incredible. Uh, and then third game was against Ultramarines. And uh, they had some unfortunate uh, sort of like charge rolls against them. And sort of like pinned them in their back lines. And just ch- cleaned them up. It was... It was some choppy times. Them orcs, incredible. And it was also my first experience with Crusade. So now I'm kind of learning the Crusade rules and uh, doing my level up stuff and tracking experience, which is new. Getting ready for the next point value, which will be like roughly a thousand points, but we're using power level. I think that's 50, yeah, 50. Um, And that was a blast, an absolute blast. And I'm really happy with the paint job and I can't wait to, uh, to see it on some other stuff. And none of them listen to this podcast, but uh, as a surprise, uh, in the next upgrade list, I'm gonna add a truck to the list, but instead of going out and buying a truck, I'm going to go uh, buy the same Sisters of Battle Rhino that my buddy Mo has and that I killed. And I'm going to, like, crudely clip the, uh, clip the top off of it uh, like it was torn off. And then I'm going to paint it in his color scheme and then deface it <laughs> with with my orc's colors. And uh, Amazing. then glue a bunch of orcs in the back of it. And uh, if I can, I want to try to find a way to, like, make an orc look like he's pushing it from behind, like the, he's the engine. Um, <laughs> Just two orcs pushing choo-choo. Yeah, two orcs going Whoa, whoa And pushing the rhino uh, And make that my truck uh, And they have no idea But I think they're going to get a Serious case of the giggle shits When I roll up to the next Crusade game with that That'll be amazing I do. I, I cannot wait God, it to be so good Um Yeah, I'm loving Crusade as a way to just, like, tell little stories like that. So good. Uh, And then, that wasn't even all my hobby time. That was just, like, the first week. Uh, And then I also dove heavily into 3D printing. Uh, I'm really excited for the new Tau book. Uh, You know, obviously, we've been talking about it for, like, the past month or two. I have been hobbying on Tau for a long while now. Uh, and now that there's a book coming out for them, I'm just like hobbying even more. So I have 3d printed two broadsides with a bunch of missiles, no railguns, everybody. Cause I'm a good person. I don't, th- I actually don't think the railguns all that bad. Just the community's angry. That I don't, I digress, <laughs> but no railguns, missile broadsides. Uh, and I've also printed up myself a riptide, which I am uh, building up and magnetizing and stuff as needed because you know you don't know what the guns are going to be like until the new codex gets here so i just made it to where i can have both of them and if you play across different editions like you'll, you'll definitely change those guns in the future oh yeah i'm sure of it i'm absolutely sure of it so i took the time to magnetize that gun arm as i'm like building this riptide uh and then i started printing up some custodes because uh, that new book dropped and it looks very, very mid tier, which is just what I want. And it's not as complicated as it initially first looked. So I have been 3D printing a uh, Custodian's Dreadnought and some, uh, the Bolter dudes. I think they're Sagittarum guards. The Forge World guards that have like machine gun. like regular machine guns, not spear machine guns. Those dudes. That's, that seems, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 3D printing those and a Dreadnought. And also uh, the new Blade Master character that came out in that box. I really don't want to wait like a year to buy him in singles. So I just made 3D printer go brr.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful sculpt, but I just... It's... It is such a good balanced unit in the new book. that like Why spend $170 on a box to just get him? Like, and yeah, you could buy it from eBay, but it's probably upcharged.
0: Uh, I haven't looked on eBay, but I would guess you, you're going to pay like 45 to 50 bucks for that hero. Yeah. And like, I
1: don't know. You can always just buy the plastic one later if you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and especially in an army that has so few HQ units, uh, you really want to have that other option. Cause when you only have like two HQ units, you want the third one. It helps a lot. Um... So, yeah, working on printing him now as we speak. And I've also been trying to figure out my Custody's color scheme. Um, Like, everybody does gold, but gold has a lot of hues. And uh, I'm kind of working through different levels of warmth on how warm I want the Custody's undertone to be. I was doing Shadow Keepers with, like, this dark edgy color, but I looked at them. No. No edge needed. It's fine. They could be bright, bright boys. So, uh working on some test colors literally just last night and a lot of hobby having on my side a whole lot of hobby which i guess is good i mean new year new hobby right hell yeah get that hobby in yeah um playing the crusade games definitely helped amp me up a little that's for sure it's always easier to hobby when you're playing some games. And uh, soon I'm going to have to start working on Joe HammerCon 2022 Part 1 uh, for an army. Which I just got some two more uh, Stonehorns or Frost uh, Stonehorns or Thundertusts in from GW, finally. It was like a two-month wait. Um, so yeah, when I transfer over to that, I'll be ready. But John, I think we're ready for the spicy topic. So I'm glad we had a moment of levity.
1: Hey, look at that. Time to get spicy. Play the music.
0: Ah, uh, John, the music has played. We could begin. We have, we have, we have performed the contract. We may now discuss the topic. Alrighty, John. So, if we're going to talk about Warhammer seasons, for a lot of people out there, they probably have only heard about this in passing, or maybe not heard about it at all, or read like the headline of an article or just seeing some people get real mad about it on the comments thread. Yeah, there's so much that comes out. It's hard to keep up with all of it. So don't feel bad if you're out there and you're like what the hell is this? I feel that. I understand. <laughs> we we make a podcast around some of these games and we have trouble keeping up with some of the articles and releases. So uh, you're not alone. Um but in general, I feel like we have to start with the baseline of what Warhammer Seasons is at least by their article and description. So mainly it is a new release that is supposed to be a way of trying to support 40k with new rules, new fluff and new missions every 6 months.
1: And it has been framed by a couple of people as a what Age of Sigmar is doing which is going to different realms or different uh story beats per uh like, season for Age of Sigmar. But the thing with Age of Sigmar is that they do a lot... They pretty much only add some, like, a little bit of rules to missions and have, like, a little bit of lore bits, but nothing major. And, and like, there's no major changes to armies and stuff. Like, it's mostly aesthetic. And it's once a and year. It's, it's once a year. And it's also, like, what, tied to the General's
0: Handbook? Yeah, it's in the General's Handbook. It's just a little section of it.
1: Yeah, and so, like, it's part of their version of... Uh, what's a forty k one? Chapter approved. Chapter approved. Yeah, it's their version of chapter approved. So it's like it's all consolidated into one space. You don't need to buy multiple products. So it's it's a little different. I don't think that comparing them is probably fair.
0: Yeah, and I think that difference in release schedule is also important. You know, one is once a year, and it's as part of another book. The other is uh, six months as part of a multi book release. Uh, and it's also in terms of fluff, it will narratively focus on individual war zones at a time. Uh, and it's going to give stories and updates for each of those war zones. So if you're really into the lore of Vigilus, no, you're not. Uh, but if you're really into the lore of Vigilus, you will get updates for Vigilus And before we hop to a new war zone and then they tell a story there and we hop to a new one. And that's going to, again, rotate
1: every six months. We'll talk about Vigilus one day, because I think there's some stuff in Vigilus that's cool, but I also think they dropped the ball on a handful of things. Yeah, yeah, I
0: have thoughts about it. And I I don't want to get too spicy on the episode, because it's real easy to, like, dunk on this thing, because there's a lot of dunkable traits. Um, but, like, I, I have some genuine criticisms of, like, Vigilus and that story that they said was going to be so huge and ended up literally doing nothing. Um... It's a little frustrating, but we'll see. We'll see. It's a new release, new chance to change. But now that we've kind of talked a bit about what it is, they've been kind of vague because, again, we don't have the books right now. It's going to come out in a couple of books. Uh, They're going to have one that is much like the Warzone books that actually has the fluff in it, as well as some new rules for, like, Armies of Renown, uh, they're also going to have a Crusade supplement beside that. And they're also going to sell chapter approved beside that. And those th- things are going to come out every six months. So rough. it looks like three books per release. Now, this is the part where we might get a little dour. Stick with us. Just stick with us a little. So why is the community so fired up and concerned about it? There's a couple of things that I think are important, but we'll kind of try to take them one by one. Uh, First, is you will hear that I just mentioned multiple books, and that's a problem because this adding multiple books to an already book-heavy game is
1: not just less than ideal; it's outright frustrating. Um, Well. I wanna I wanna touch on that a bit too because it's not just this book release right and and a lot mm-hmm. of folks are saying well it's just this book release well it, it's not though like it is a thirty to forty dollar seasons book thirty to forty dollar chapter approved book thirty to forty dollar competitive mission pack book sixty dollar codex thirty dollar warzone book hundred dollar hardcover book rule book. To just have all the rules to play this game. Oh, and officially. white dwarfs. And white dwarfs. And white dwarfs for if you have if you have rules and a white dwarf. And so not only do you need to bring all these to a game, but also you have to get all of these. And the game already has a problem of being too expensive to get into. And when you tell somebody that there's these constant these books you need to buy to be able to play the game, Because it's not, like, just supplements, right? Like, if you take out the Warzone books, okay, well, you take out some of the supplements, whatever. But, like, these seasons are being pitched as the way to play match play rules. Which is... makes it difficult. On top of, if you want to have access to a digital... the official digital space to play the game, you have to pay them a subscription to then input the PDF for the book that you bought to build an army for an app that is sometimes not right. Yeah... Like, it is, it, and and so, like, I will take a moment to be fairly spicy here in saying there's no excuse for continuing to push out more and more products to squeeze your player base when you can't even do the ones that you have right. And that's kind of the base of this entire argument of why this is currently bad, for mm-hmm. me at least.
0: No, I think that's fair. I mean, it is obviously a way to increase revenue uh because, like, as we mentioned, in AOS, all of that stuff is in one book that you buy for like thirty to thirty-five bucks. Here, they have found a way to split it up into three books, maybe four, depending on if you buy Crusade book, which will sell less than like Mission Packs and Chapter Approved and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. and they get to do that every six months. So from a business perspective, they're loving it, but for us as players, that's that sucks. Just sucks
1: Well I think it's also something to be said about Specifically casual players Right like a lot of the competitive Players have already like dedicated to spending a lot Of money on this to be able to keep up with the bleeding edge Um I just don't think It's fair to them but they, they are engaged in that more But like a casual player might buy something For 40k once a month and they don't want that To be a book of rules they want that to be a box of Models mm-hmm.
0: I think that's fair And also I think it's not just for the casual player, yet the average player, even for like the less hardcore competitive folks, having this many rules change over this much every six months on top of the every what the quarterly FAQ changes is going to be difficult to keep up with. Um, that's a whole lot of rules coming out all at once. And they're going to just keep hitting you. And if you're a... not someone who is USB plugged into this Matrix machine, uh, that can be tough.
1: And it's also something to be said of these are a lot of rules updates to physical paper books that they're wanting you to buy. Like, yeah, you get a code to put it in the app that you have to pay for to have access to, but like the, that gets updated, but come on like you're telling me that you're gonna you're gonna sell me a six dollar book that i'm gonna that is going to be obsolete reasonably obsolete in three months potentially Mm-hmm. like it's don't get me wrong i love these books i've played this game for 10 years i'm gonna keep playing this game but it is starting to look a little bit more like sixth sixth edition over here
0: yeah it's definitely uh God, it's a little frustrating. And I'm someone who normally isn't too invested, so I don't get too fired up. But this just... I see a lot of this similar to the way I see some of the video game money grubbing that I, like, have to dodge with, like, increased microtransaction engagement. Um, and uh, like it is not great to see similar things here in my physical hobby. Just not a deal. And also, six months for all of those books and, according to them... Uh, they mentioned in the article that there will also be supplements uh, and models. That's got to be an aggressive release schedule for a company that is already struggling to deliver what they have on the docket. Yeah. I mean, like, let, let's be honest. We're coming out of a panorama, and this Panini hurt everybody. And especially GW, and they're struggling to put out their baseline codexes and battle tomes with, I mean, like one model at a time. I mean, we just saw three of them get delayed back to back to back. You know, Gene dealers, yeah, Custodes, to and Tau, all of them pushed. Uh, Christmas boxes were delayed because they're having logistics issues. Uh, AOS uh, has a cripplingly slow release schedule for similar reasons because they're just having logistics problems. this is just gonna add to the load that they're already struggling to lift.
1: Yeah, and it just leads to frustrated players and people who might be disillusioned from even starting the game uh, and then you know it it sucks to to be in a friend group and you all play this game and the game gets so frustrating because of things outside of your control that someone goes I don't know if I want to play this anymore. And, like, yeah, there's a lot you can do as a playgroup to, like, just limit stuff and say, well, we're not going to play with that stuff. We're not going to care about that stuff. We're just going to play with the new codexes when they come out. But there still comes a point where, like, maybe the guy who only has, like, say, the Grey Knights, and they have the Grey Knights codex, but everyone else is, like, a Guard player, a Chaos Space Marines player, a Chaos Demons player, and then, like, an Eldar player are sitting here and, you know, going, well, where's our book? Why, Why can't? We can't actively engage with you as well, mm-hmm. and it is it is a frustrating thing across the entirety of the hobby. And it, a lot of the community can come to terms with it, but GW's not helping by con- adding more. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I would liken this to like, all right, if you were at the gym, all right, and you're squatting, and you go to squat whatever weight you're at. Let's say you're trying to squat like 250 pounds, and you drop down. And you cannot stand up. It's just too much. You push, you push, you push. And your spotter bails you out. Alright, you re-rack it. You don't then add another 50 pounds on and try it again. Like, you just, you just don't. You know you can't do it. Something has to change for you to be able to lift that. Uh, so I think this is just on top of the other issues. I think it is poorly timed because they're just struggling.
1: Yeah, but I think if they could time this better and reassess how they're doing it, it could be an incredibly good thing for not just 40k, but they could also transfer it to some of AOS and other wargaming companies could also learn from it. Like there's a lot of potential here, which is why it's frustrating. It can be a very, very good thing. It just doesn't look like it's going to be. Yeah, which is kind of where I want to pivot to next, because I
0: I mentioned it at the beginning, but I do want to hammer this home. I think the idea of this at its core is great. As a, you know, the attempt to try to balance and actively assist your game system more often than every four years is wonderful. Just awesome. Like, being at the wheel and trying to fix problems... As they come up, rather than just going up, we duffed that one, we'll get around to it in four years, is wonderful. It's great. Because let's be honest, the the game's not perfect. Like every creation, it it has pain points that you want to smooth out. And this is, uh, the idea of having a a six-month release is a good way to try to do that. Because you could work on a shorter time scale than you could on like a core rulebook or something like that. Which normally they work like three years out. Just due to the production timeline, how iterative it has to be, all of the playtesting, and then production. So the attempt to do this is good, and I don't want to, like, poo-poo that. But how you do it matters. You know, otherwise a, a well-intentioned effort could, could become just downright negative. So John and I have kind of been kicking this around for a little while, and we wanted to present some what we think is a better version of this that could still accomplish a similar goal uh, while not having some of the issues that have made people nervous. So, yeah, like, John, what do you think is your, like, first point for what do you think
1: needs to happen for this to kind of hit the mark well i think first off and the most important point is that this needs to not be a a a paid entry like a like a season pass in a video game right this is an event Mm -hmm. this is a thing that should happen and is dropped by the community team with a bunch of free stuff in it for people who are already investing a ton of money into their game right It, it should not be a product because it will empower people to go buy other things. If it, And I watch other, other players do this. If they go and they go, oh, it's a $30 Seasons book. I'm going to buy this $30 Seasons book. That's it. They don't buy anything else. They'll just buy that book and then they'll play with what they have. But if they get the Seasons mm-hmm. book and it's got some cool narrative in it or it's got some new rules in it, like maybe it, it's focused around vehicles. They're going to go pick up a vehicle kit or they're going to go pick up some stuff based around that narrative. Like the average consumer will. And they will probably spend more money than if they had to buy this thing every six months. And that it has the added benefit of every six months or year or whatever this gets released of it being this cool thing that is exciting, right? Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's free. I don't have to worry about budgeting it out of my hobby budget. It's just there. And then I can be excited and go do the thing. Yeah,
0: I think that's valid. And like, I think there is some argument. Well, oh, if they release it a physical book, it has to be paid. We'll get there. But all right, fine. But if you're gonna do that, it at least has to be cheap. Like it has to be cheaper than selling three or four books all at like forty bucks a pop. Come on now. Put all that in one book. Charges thirty. If this isn't accessible, it is going to get painful quickly. And. Personally, I agree with John. I think it should just be free, like an FAQ release. If you're trying to actively help your game, then give it to everyone. You know. It's just our opinion. Um, And if being in physical is what means you have to pay, then maybe you should just go digital.
1: Now, the only... The only way that I think that it's still printing as a physical book and you paying money for it would be reasonable is if they moved the vast majority of the game over to a digital space, right? If they turned this Warhammer subscription app Mm -hmm. into, you know, we release a codex for your book every three to four years for your army. You buy that book, you put it in the app and you have those rules and those rules will be updated with these uh, quarterly updates, with FAQs, with... All of these things you no longer have to buy. All of the like changes to mission packs and stuff will just get released. You can play and you maybe it's tied to that subscription. Like you get all of these rules updates through the subscription. Mm-hmm. In one space makes it significantly less frustrating. They still make money. It's like the middle ground. Um, and then maybe you have a season book that you release every six months. So the most somebody's spending is 30 bucks twice a year to keep up with the game. And then... Every couple of years buying a new codex or a new rule book. That is a much more reasonable and kind of goes back to the old way of playing the game. I think people were happy with, but this is just a step too far. Like this is just too much. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's overstepping the bounds of what most people want to deal with.
1: Um, well, like you're, you're telling people to not build a second army is what you're saying. Like if, if people have to spend like two or three hundred dollars in a year on rules, they're just not going to build a second army. Yeah, that's expensive. That's pricey. And for me, I think, I don't
0: know, if cost is the issue, then make it digital. Make it easily accessible and digital for everybody, which one, would allow you to get your rules out, but two, also, and more importantly, I think, especially during this particular time, would cut down on your logistics problems. If you're already struggling to get product on trucks and get trucks to stores, then Golden Digital would mean you just don't have to put all this on a truck. All of that truck space just opened back up for whatever else you have in the pipeline that's already behind. And it also may be a way for you to push your app if you just roll it into your subscription cost. Just yeah. a thought. Just a way to maybe make some revenue there
1: on this quote unquote free thing. Cause like And let's let's be honest, everyone's mad at UW. Like, everyone in the hobby has some sort of gripe with GW for and has for the last two years about what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the normal, like, salty, oh, no, Space Marines, another Space Marine release. Like, it's like, it's a genuine, like, why are you doing these things? Like, we we want to just enjoy your game and buy your products and have a good time. But you keep making it more difficult for us to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I agree with that. There's definitely a tone change from when I hopped in at like the start of eighth to now, uh, then the issue was kind of like, uh, why space breeds and death guard so strong to why are you systemically trying to exploit us for all of our money? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, I don't know. I I get why they want to try to rake in all this money from their players, but this probably not the way to do it, y'all. Probably not the way to do it. And if people are upset enough, uh, it might hurt them a little because earnings are already down this year compared to last year. And uh, I don't know if that's due to Brexit issues. I don't know if that's due to shipping problems. Like I I just I don't know the internals of their emails and their problems. But uh, I would. I would venture a guess that player dissatisfaction is probably got to be at least part of that.
1: I mean, yeah. And I think that these season things could address that, right? Like so easily could address the the problems people have. Can make them feel more engaged in their hobby, can make them feel more engaged in playing with their buds, like maybe create like them in their play group will play crusade seasons or like crusade campaigns around the season and the story that's going on, or they'll go buy a force to match the season or do all these other cool things they could do. But it it's just missing that aspect of like a uh, community or like a, a gimme. It's like you're paying to be part of the experience and not everybody wants to pay to be part of that experience when they're already paying everything else to, in the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could... That could be changed. but it would be a significant boon for the game to have like hey this is the story we're going to be interacting with for six months and everyone can talk about it and here's the rules we're doing and the rules could like push changing like the meta or push the game in a different type of direction or do stuff like include environmental effects or fighting on specific planets and that could even tie to like a later edition where like hey we're gonna play all of these for six months and we're gonna have everyone input their game results and we'll change a narrative thing like they tried to do in the past Mm -hmm. like they could do cool stuff like that easily there's so much potential with this and it would be amazing as it's been ruined by capitalism
0: (laughs) (laughs) john i said you could have a little spice don't get too much spice (laughs) you're walking a line there buster um uh yeah i think the lore could be a cool addition but here's the thing they already have a mechanism for delivering a lot of this to their players and that's an faq and it is a free digital update that they give to everyone who wants to go to their website and download it
1: Yeah. And it gives rules
0: and updates and, you know, a whole nine yards for all of your factions. They do this for 40K and AOS. Pretty great. Print it out, pop it in a book, good to go. So they already have this mechanism. And it would cover a lot of what is in this book. The only thing that sets this book apart and that I guess makes them think they could charge 40 bucks a pop for them is the lore in the regiments of renown that are going to be an option for like two armies that they're going to put in here. And if that is the entire thing, if those two little elements, those small elements, are the only things elevating your book from FAQ to full expensive release, those two things have got to be really, really good. Like, that's, they better yeah. be great.
1: Uh, and let me just say, historically speaking, they have not been. And, like, I'm going to be real honest. We got Tome Celestials and Age of Sigmar coming out in White Dwarfs. I'd prefer that to this. I would too, and like, I hate that. <laughs> like, Yeah, like, I also think that White Dwarfs should just be included as part of a War, Warhammer subscription. I think all of the subscriptions should be compiled together, sits so in one spot, and not like nickel and diming people. All over the place, but like to put like two armies worth of armies of now, right? Ostensibly, you're going to look at like maybe 20 to 30 pages of lore and then like five to 10 pages of rules for armies. And then you're going to get like 30 pages of missions and stuff, maybe like, well, the missions are in another gonna... book, I think. Aren't they with chapter approved? I don't know, and that's also part of the part of the problem is that a lot of this is just changing the formula in a way that has not been entirely clear, so yeah. you don't know what you actually need to buy to play the game like do but, I need chapter approved for the missions and the points, or do I need the new seasons book to get the new season rules and the new stuff for the lore, or do I need the faq and balance updates and that's it like what what all do i need
0: yeah be- well because i'm looking at their articles so they have the Warzone book as one thing and then they have the wars of faith crusade supplement as another cover and then chapter approved as another cover and like the
1: mission pack is another so who knows all I'm saying is if you need a chart or an article to explain on how to get the rules to play your game, that's probably a
0: problem. Yeah, I th- I think missions and points are going to be in chapter approved. And then you need the Crusade book to do Crusade rules. And then you need the Vigilus book to get access to the Fluff and Armies of renown. I think that's how it's going to split up. It's going to be three books. But uh, historically speaking, if like, like I mentioned, if the fluff is what sets these apart, it has not been good. John, I want you right now to dig back in your head. Dig deep. Octarius, book two. What happened?
1: I haven't read it yet. Mostly because I haven't had a huge uh, investment in the Warzone books, to be completely honest. And I love the Arta- Octarius sector. I think it's great. It's just... <sighs> I don't have an interest in reading it right now. I might watch a or read a, a breakdown of it. Because, like, I don't have faith that they're going to actually do anything with it. John, and I don't I, think they're going to do anything with the seasons either.
0: I haven't even seen anybody do breakdowns of it. Because so little happens. Like, Octaria starts. Orcs and Tyranids are fighting. And guess how it's going to end? Orcs and Tyranids are
1: still fighting. Um... And, like, it used to be a thing where, like, the, the defense was, well, they're just setting up settings, right? Like, they're setting up settings for you to fight in, and then, like, you can see, we'll see what happens later. But they've been doing that for years now. Like, give us something that happens that well, matters.
0: Age of Sigmar does that, which I really like. Age of Sigmar sets up battles and then gives you a winner and loser. Someone wins, someone loses, and the world is changed for that victory. And I love it. Holy cow, what a fun, fun way to push the narrative forward. Uh, you know, Marathi won and ascended to godhood. Stormcast lost. That was it. There was no stasis for the sake of perpetuity. There was a winner and a loser. We all moved on, but there was a winner and a loser. Um, Kragnos's army was defeated. A city was destroyed, Factions were changed. A God entered the field. There were ramifications. We all moved on. Like, I feel like in Age of Sigmar, they're not afraid to take some swings at the lore and make the stories worthwhile. Uh, Because that was the big thing for me that I found refreshing about AOS when I read like the Broken Realms books. I mean, we covered every one on the channel. Not because we thought they were mechanically necessary, but because the stories were so good and mattered they genuinely mattered to the setting and i don't know why 40k can't pull that off um i like i've read their black library novels they're they have some incredibly talented writers i know they have like the bullpen that they could pull from of talent to definitely write stories on par if not surpassing the aos stuff uh, they just seem a little gun shy on it, which I think makes these lore sections uh, less interesting, which is a shame. So, if, they're, if they do insist on putting these in to charge for them, just make them good, make it interesting to read and worthwhile. I don't. It's weird that I have to make this a bullet point all its own, uh, but if you're charging people for this, you should probably make it at least worth reading. It's yeah, a, it's a low bar,
1: but we have to say in, it. And like, you have the setting down. Like we all love the setting; it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's grimdark, and it's got some really cool stuff in it. We all we're all a huge fan. You can play around with that toolbox and that sandbox. And if people get mad uh, within six months, you can change it. That's the benefit of having a, a six months release, baby. That's great. Like, <laughs> it's true. As a as a guy who used to have to write like stories that would only come out every six months, basically. Like, yeah, you can do that. There's a way of doing it. And people will still find it in engaging and enjoyable, and they'll remember it for six months, waiting desperately for the next one. Um, I want to see that happen, because I love the setting, and I want, I, I want to see something like the Octarius War. Who wins? Who loses? Orcs won, pushed out. Tyranids ate everybody. Everyone lost. Like, something, right? I want to see, you know... The, the, was it custodies and Jeans of Colts Are fighting on Terra Why is this not a bigger thing That like, should be why huge not, <laughs> like, That should be a war zone all on its own Like yes. why is this not Warzone um, Terra
0: Holy cow how but, cool would that be
1: Yeah right Like instead it's a Overpriced like box set Like <laughs> Or
0: what if in original Vigilus The ending wasn't Marnius Calgar retreats And Abaddon retreats and Nothing changes what if the end was chaos? 1, Abadar controls the only safe route across
1: to Imperium Secundus, yeah, the uh, the, the, gaunt, the gauntlet, which is what they're fighting over again now in the new book. <laughs> it's the same thing we were fighting over in the last book. Like, what?
0: You did nothing. You didn't progress anything. Why? Just let someone win it.
1: I don't care who. Just make a decision. Uh, and I think the Pauper Princess should win it. The DnC, the Cult Popper Princes, they should control the Gauntlet, and then everyone should have to pay a toll to the little uh cult needs to be able to get to and from. I want to see Gilliman have to walk up to some four armed little bastard with a bunch of like pistols and go, here's my ten dollars to enter the other side. And the health guy goes, Yeah, that's right, Skilly man. Go. <laughs> <laughs> John, damn you and your
0: star gods, okay? Us okay. golden custodies will not take this in subordination.
1: Golden custodies. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh I just a little Project that like our play group has been working on is like trying to create our own narrative, like escalation games or like way of playing narrative games using hex grids and stuff. And I feel like there's a lot of a lot of desire for folks to do that kind of stuff. Where like there's a progressive story you play with for like six months to a year, and then you at the end you have like some big fight. There's a there's a thing for that, right? I think they could do that narratively, and it would really benefit everybody. And mm-hmm. it would be very good. And I don't think we're gonna get that. And that's very frustrating. Well, if that I would was loved... what,
0: if like if that was what we were getting, I would pay this money. Like I I would buy this little supplement if they gave us a full campaign system for the system.
1: Yeah. That'd if be... they give you a full campaign system with like rules for different types of missions, on top of like changing some of the match play rules to to fit this narrative. And then having rules for playing a big apocalypse fight at the end. And that was a book, right? That's a boom book. It's kind of like the old Siege of Rax books or like some of the Forge World like battle mm-hmm. books. They just were like chock full of lore and art, like whole ass unit specific for this. like Especially planet. if you chucked it in with chapter approved. Yeah. lump well, it all together. It'd be great. That'd be cool. Uh,
0: and I think the players would take that better, which is always important. And I think that's the note we want to end on, that like, there are ways forward to get out of this, and there are multiple ways forward to do this correctly. There is a whole lot of ways that you could do this right. And we really hope that this one does not go as poorly as it looks like it might. And uh, if it does, that they stop and adjust, uh, because I would really like to see them get a win here and like knock it out of the park and win the player base back over.
1: I, that would just be delightful. I 100% agree. Uh, their books have been more balanced lately. Like the three new books coming out all look about the same power level. Uh, the Orcs book, once it got a little bit of a nerf because cheese spam, it plays pretty great. Um, Add mech a little bit of a nerf. Like all of the books are pretty even now. You can play them all against one another in a way that even 8th edition didn't have when all their books were out. And ninth edition seems to be more balanced and more built around playing your army narratively, which is amazing. But everything else tacked on is just not working out. Mm-hmm. So. And when this does come out, we'll
0: have a follow-up episode on the podcast uh, to kind of talk about how it actually shakes out in action. Don't you worry. Much like we did with Broken Realms when we heard about it, we followed up and those, pleasantly surprised with, loved them. Yeah, I mean, I'll buy the book just so that we can we can read it and give it a fair shake. Yeah, because we, you know, it's one thing to kind of, like, uh, talk about issues that could be on the horizon, but uh, we definitely want to still give it a chance, because maybe they do everything right. In that case, we want to have the chance to applaud them. And we're allowed to be wrong. Love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong on this, happily admit it, with a smile. <laughs> um And if you are someone who's kind of interested in that, keep an eye on the channel around that time. We'll be here. Uh, If you're a YouTube listener, subscribe so you can get notifications and whatnot. Uh, Also, I think you could uh, sort of like follow on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening there, why not do that? If you want to go a little above and beyond, leave an honest review. Whatever you genuinely think about the podcast helps us a lot. We're really tiny and it helps us get out to new people. And if you want to be an absolute champion, a total unit, as they say, uh, maybe share it to your friends. If you're in a group of people who has been talking about this, maybe send this to them as a way to help uh, shed some thoughts and act as a jumping off point for your group to talk about what you think about it and how you might handle it when it comes out. Because uh, let's be honest, if this sucks really bad, uh, all of our individual playgroups, we can find a way to fix it for whatever suits our particular tastes.
1: And this could get that conversation started. And otherwise, if you have questions or you want to bully us or you want to send us cool memes or you do any of that fun stuff, looking at you, Tanner, you can uh, send tweets at us at the Twitter and you can check out what Joe's been working on on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're
0: trying to keep it up to date. We took a little break for holiday season where I didn't post much. Uh, Now, posting pictures again. So they're on there. And for now, if you've made it this far, we appreciate you. And that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide, Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all on the next episode.